Hey guys, welcome. Did you like that? I want them to put that picture back up real quick. I don't know. You know, what's funny is when they sent me this picture, I went, oh, that's a, that's a cool picture. Look at that. Look at that guy. I like his hair. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's me. <laughs> it took me a good five or ten seconds. I was like, that's my shirt. Hold on. <laughs> what in the world? So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, there was somebody else I thought about, but I forget what it was. But today we're talking about retirement mentality, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, hey, drop it in the comments right now who you are, where you're watching from. So glad to have you today. And here's the thing. How many people think that they need to hear about this? And I think the odds will be only the people that think that they're right at retirement age, but it's not true. We don't realize that this mentality uh, actually will stop us from being productive even in our teens, our 20s, and 30s. Uh, this is such an important thing. So go ahead and share the broadcast, like the broadcast, subscribe, hit the bell, and uh, let me know who's watching right now. I'm so glad to have you, glad to see you as well. And uh, here's the thing. Many people here are not even close to retirement age and may be thinking, I don't need this teaching. But listen, please listen closely uh, to what we're going to talk about. It's actually very, very cool subject and an interesting point. And if you don't know these things now, when you get to that time, it's not going to work the same. And uh, so what we discuss today will change the way we think about our retirement years. And because of that, our plans will change. Our thinking will change, and now it needs to be affected now so that we can walk more godly and walk more in his blessings and produce more fruit over the course of our whole life. Retirement mentality is a stinking thinking that will take away from the fruit over your whole life if you don't identify it and deal with it. And uh, so one of the things that we see is that retirement mentality makes plans to stop or slow down because a person believes that they can't handle the physical demands and that they deserve a vacation. Now think about that. Retirement mentality basically is making plans to stop or slow down because a person believes that they either can't handle the physical demands and or they deserve the vacation. I've worked hard all my life. I don't have to do this anymore. And now, some here's the thing. There can be a shift, and even the Bible shows a shift, but we've adopted an ideal in our whole society that is not according to the word. Thank you, George, for telling us where you, where you are. There, Hannah says, hey, excited about this word. That's awesome. Becca's watching uh, at home. That's awesome. I see William. I see Kevin Nowicki. Glory to God. I see Rachel, buddy. So one of the things that we see is retirement mentality includes a combination of arrival mentality identity theft mentality, and entitlement mentality. So you know these are some of the things. If you haven't seen these, uh, we'll put the links up so that you can get to them. But the retirement mentality will include 
an, a bit of arrival mentality, a bit of identity theft mentality, and a bit of entitlement mentality. And when we combine those, we'll end up at a retirement mentality. And so it's very important for us to see, what does God say about retirement? And you may be shocked to see that for the most part, the Bible doesn't talk about retirement hardly at all. Uh, there's one place where it talks about it, but it doesn't show it the way that we think about it, and uh, we'll cover that today. So we've adopted a thinking, and one of the things that I think has been uh, prevalent in this is in Psalm, I believe it's chapter 90, you see that the word there says that a man's years will be three score and 10. That means three, a score is 20 years, so that'll be 60 years and 10. So it, a man would live 70 to 80, 70 years or 80 if he does well. But here's the issue. People have taken that and they have received that as that's how long most people will live. That's the average lifespan. But that's not actually correct. They're like, well, that's what the Bible says. Yeah, that's what the Bible said about the Israelites who were rebellious in the wilderness. But if you go back to Genesis, it actually says God spoke that from this point forward, the years of a man will be 120 years. So because we've accepted a bit of a, of a switch that the enemy has got us to buy into, We've basically stopped living. Some people have stopped living around 60 or 70. They have no more mission in front of them. They have no more goals. And what you find is, as we are designed to produce, uh, we are designed. You go back to Genesis chapter 1. Every person, every man of God is designed to produce. And when we are designed to produce, when we stop fulfilling that, all of a sudden, we lose the power to go on in life. You, you watch it uh, throughout time. As soon as people stop having a goal in front of them, a production in front of them, very quickly thereafter, uh, they would pass away. But when we have a goal, when we have a mission, uh, all of a sudden, God will empower us. It's the way that faith works. And this is something that's very important. The way that faith works is this. If I will believe God for something, then by faith, he will draw supernatural power into me to get that thing done. So think about that. If we go on and around age 60, 70, 80, we stop believing God, then there will be no more flow of the life of God. There's no more production. And very quickly, many times people will pass away after that because they've got no more goals. They have no more mission. But then I, I know one of my favorite people on this earth is uh, Pastor Nathan Fox. He's in his 90s. He's been preaching for over 70 years and he is at more prayer meetings than the average Christian today. He's going. He's preaching the word. He's praying. He's encouraging believers. Uh, and, and it's just awesome. I love watching him. You know, uh, you see Brother Copeland. He's, he's on a mission. He's in, he's in his night. He's on a mission. He's going forward. It, it's just amazing. And uh, maybe, maybe he's in the 80s. Uh, anyway, he's in his 80s or 90s going strong going strong, you know, doing push-ups on stage. When we have 
When we have a mission, God will give us supernatural power and life to accomplish that mission. And so if we accept the uh, mentality of the world that we are supposed to retire, that all of a sudden we're supposed to stop. We're supposed to stop working. We stop having a mission. We stop producing in life. Very quickly, we will lose the very life that we do have. And in other words, we won't be empowered to go forward. We were designed to produce. We're designed to produce. All right, so now let's look at this. Let me read this again. Retirement mentality makes plans to stop or slow down because a person believes that they either can't handle the physical demands and or that they deserve the vacation. Retirement mentality includes a combination of arrival mentality, identity theft mentality, and entitlement mentality. Retirement mentality begins by at least subconsciously thinking that our life belongs to ourselves more than it belongs to God. We've got to keep this in line. Our life, if Jesus is our Lord, our life is not our own, but it's bought and paid for, and it is God's. We must see it as that and say, Lord, my life is your life. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. So a lot of times, see, for example, when I start talking about a, a retirement mentality and how retirement mentality is not godly, well, many people have lived their whole life to get to the place of retirement where they can take it easy. And so what they would say is, how dare you tell me I can't retire? I'm not telling you you can't retire. I'm not telling you that you can't stop working. I'm saying that your life is God's. And see, this is what will happen many times. Our mentality is taking the forefront and being a Lord of our life instead of God's mentality. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look, what does God say about it? It doesn't mean that you can't stop, uh, that you can't stop working. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is don't lose your focus of heavenly production in your life. Don't think that God's not calling you to something. He's calling you to something great. And if you look at some of the greatest men of God in the Bible, many of them actually started ministry well beyond their 40s. You look at Moses, who was one of the greatest uh, characters in the Bible. He literally went and led the people out of Egypt after he was 80 after he was 80. In other words, his greatest years came after 80. <laughs> Glory to God. His greatest years. Now let's look at this. Here's the thing. God has a good plan for your whole life here on earth. Not just the first 60 or 70 years. No, all 120 years of his promise to you. As Christians, we should see our whole life as his to direct as his to be Lord over, not just the first 60 or 70. Let's look at that verse in Genesis. Let's see. Yeah, Genesis 6 and verse 3. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. Right there, we have a promise from God that if we would like it, and if we would like to go on, we can live for 120 years. Glory to God. That means I'm just, I'm just barely over a third of the way through. Just barely over a third of the way through. I've got a bunch of life left. 
I've got a bunch of life. Just because my hair's turning gray, even if it turns white, like in that picture, does that mean I'm done? Shoot, no, no, I'm not done. <laughs> no, I'm just beginning. I'm just getting going. These are my best days in Jesus' name. You start to see that God has a plan well beyond 60, well beyond 70, well beyond 80. Why would I give up my thinking when God says, I have plans for you to give you a future and a hope, and he tells me that those plans can go on to 120. I don't want to slow down. I don't want to stop at that. No, I want to get, I want to do everything that God has called me to do. Nothing lacking, nothing left on the table. I mean, I want to finish that race at the end of that 120 years, uh, sprinting into heaven. You know, if the Lord tarries, he doesn't return before then. I want to finish it sprinting into heaven, you know, not slowing down, not having a slower vision, a lack of vision. No, I want to sprint into it. God has plans for you. Glory to God. I want to, you know, Miss Marilyn just walked in the door. I want to tell you, Miss Marilyn, as soon as you walked in the door, I just, I felt like I heard the Lord say this. God has a plan for you, and it's great and mighty, and those 120 years are yours if you want them. If you want to be satisfied with them, you can be satisfied with them. If you want 120, you can have 120. You just say, Lord, I'm not satisfied yet. You said with long life I'll satisfy you in Psalm 91. I'll take them in Jesus' name, and I'll be productive, and I'll produce for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. That's for you. Amen. And it's for you too if you'll take it. Glory to God. Amen. So now look at this. Jeremiah 29, 11, I quoted it. God always has a future for you. Put that in the comments right now. God always has a future for me. God always has a future for me. He always has a future for me. He always, Jeremiah 29, 11, the new living. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are planned for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God always has a plan for it. Listen to this. This promise for God's good plan for you is not null and void because you got old. God's plan to give you a future and a hope didn't suddenly go out the door because you aged. <laughs> no, his plan didn't stop because you got older, because you got 60, because you got 70, because you got 80. But look, if you think for the first 60 years of your life that the end, that the end of it is somewhere around 70, then every one of your thoughts will be, I've only got to about 70 or 80, and then I'll, I'll check out. Well, if that's your thoughts, as a man thinketh, so is he. And you're literally, your thoughts and your confession and your expectation will end your life at that point. That's why we need to hear this in our 20s. God has a future for you. It's productive. It's fruitful. It's harvest time. It should be more harvest then than ever before. Years ago, this is probably the first time. Amen, Kevin. Kevin says, God always has a future for me. Yes, he does. Amen. I want you to see this. Years ago, the Lord said this to me. He showed me a picture of uh, a ministry and a house and of, of my life. And uh, he said, and, and one of the things he showed me is, I've watched 
as men of God have grown in the Lord, and it's like their words become more and more powerful. In other words, I might have to preach a series at the beginning of my ministry for six weeks for people to get it. And then you go on. I've watched some older ministers. They'll say one or two sentences, and the people get it right there because of the anointing on their life. Because as they got older and the anointing, the flow of the anointing grew in their lives, that anointing would be released, and it would just, things would just work. Things would just happen. Things would just be there, right? He said many, and this is what the Lord showed me years ago. It was about 2003. He said this, he said, many of my ministers go home to be uh, in heaven and they don't finish their race here on the earth because they don't believe me for it. They have basically in context, they have a retirement mentality. And when I need them to be the most fruitful, to give a word into somebody's life, they're, they're not on the earth anymore. Paul said it this way, for me to live is Christ but to die is gain. In other words, I can gain by going home, but I can be like Christ to stay here and believe God by faith to make me strong and fruitful every day that I need to be on this earth. In other words, he knew that he was carrying something that would help bring up the people around, that would help serve and minister to, to people in that way. And so one of the things that we see is, Lord, I don't want to go home early because my thinking was wrong for the first 60 or 70 years. No, I want to go home when it's just the right time and I want to be able to have helped as many people as possible and be like Christ. I want to be able to speak one word and addiction fall off somebody. I want to be able to speak one word and revelation pop in their life. I, I don't want to uh, basically bury that anointing with me early in the ground. It would be better for me to be at home with the Lord as these years as these years go by. But no, that's, I'm not called just to better myself. I'm called to help serve. You're called to help serve and to love on people. And so we've got to make sure that our mentality is right and that it's not stuck in this retirement mentality. All right, now, I want you to see this. Uh, he says, I said this again, the promise of a good life to give you a future and a hope is not null and void because you got older. Joshua 13, 1 says, now Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years <laughs> and very much of the land remains to be possessed. Now, why would he tell it? Joshua's fighting days were coming to an end. I want you to see something. God sits there in that moment. He, he says, all right, Joshua, you're old and advanced in years. Just, just take a seat now, and, and I'll start talking to the younger guys. No, in the same sentence, he says, Joshua, you're old. You're, you, know, you know you're old when God says it, right? And uh, he goes, Joshua, you're old. You're advanced in years. But he, then he says, but you're not done. He says, very much of the land remains to be possessed. Now, Joshua might not have been the one to go out there and fight anymore, but he still had a productivity, and God was going to show him plans. So even at his older age and his advancement in years, God was still talking to him about productivity. Glory to God. He's, he says, I wrote this down, God's ideas of old has been different from ours. God's ideas of old has been different from ours. Glory to God. God's ideas of old has been different from ours. Look at this. Deuteronomy 34, 1. 
Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak across from uh, the Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan. Now verse De Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 7 says this. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. Verse 6, the Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, but to this day no one knows the exact place. Think about just that honor. I, I was thinking about this. Uh, Moses, the, the Bible says this. The Bible says that he was the most humble man, the meekest man on the earth. The Bible says he was the meekest man on the earth. And he lived, look at verse 7, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. He just finished climbing a mountain at 120 years old. His eyesight was clear and he was as strong as he had ever been. Now, this is amazing. I, this meekness, this humility towards the things of God, towards the things of God's way, it empowered him to live 120 years to be strong in his body and to climb a mountain. If we would humble ourselves and get ourselves meek in front of the Lord, what could the Lord do for us? Well, see, ditching retirement mentality and receiving what God has for us and being productive and fruitful, that is humbling ourselves before the Lord. And if we will give ourselves to it, God, if we put an expectation on his word, on his promises, God will give us supernatural grace to do those things. I, I wrote this down. So here around this area, uh, some people know this. Uh, there's a, a mountain called Moro Mountain. Now, Moro Mountain in itself is about 900 and something feet tall. Uh, but most of the area around the base of the mountain, the valley area of the mountain, uh, the, the peak is only about 400 feet. So if they went from the valley... Uh, and how does that happen? Well, the other part of it goes down to the river, and you can see where it's actually 900 there. But around most of the valley, it's only about 400 feet above the valley area. So if we went and climbed more mountain, most people would be like, that'd be a hike, that'd be a climb. This mountain, Mount Nebo, that Moses climbed up was 2,300 feet above the valley, over five and a half times higher than Morrow Mountain is, if you're familiar with it. And that's the mountain that Moses, five times higher than, than Mount, uh, Morrow Mountain, and Moses climbed it at 120 years. What can happen if we will get God's thinking inside of us? Think about that. What if the whole church was comprised, half of it were people from 60 to 120, full of the strength of God. And yeah, they, they might be done at their job, but they're not done with their occupation as an ambassador of Christ. They're winning souls, making disciples, moving in supernatural revelation and words. They're moving in these things. Glory to God. Look at this, Numbers 8, 23. This is the only time where you see kind of the Bible talking about retirement, but it's not what people think. Numbers 8, 23 through 26. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is what applies to the Levites. From 25 years old and upward, they shall enter to perform service in the work of the tent of meeting. 
but at the age of 50 years, they shall retire from service in the work and not work anymore. And see, so some people will say, well, there you go. There's retirement right there in the Bible. Hold up. Go to the next verse. He says, they may, however, assist their brothers in the tent of meeting to keep an obligation but they themselves shall do no work. In other words, they can come in, they can fill in, they can still be a part. Here, and what we're going to see, we're going to see this uh, pictured or mirrored also in the New Testament in a few minutes in another scripture. In other words, it says, thus you shall deal with Levites concerning their obligation. In other words, their, their main portion of work will be from 25 to 50, but when they get 50, they can help the other people. In other words, they can bring their wisdom them. They can bring their supply. Instead of them lifting it all the time, they can show and coordinate. They can start to lead people. They can encourage ones. They've got experience. They've got, uh, they've got testimonies of what the Lord did to help them. They can bring out, in other words, retirement didn't mean they were done. It just meant that they now can multiply their efforts. The Bible shows us that in a retirement, uh, a true retirement or in elder years, where it's not just us doing the work, we multiply our efforts. In other words, put this in the comments. Elders should multiply their efforts. Elders should multiply their efforts. Where retirement mentality gives up because of popular opinion, a godly attitude keeps going. Keep believing. Keep serving. See, when we have God's heart to it, to it. We keep serving. We keep going. We keep being productive. We just start now multiplying our evidence. Think about one elder with wisdom and instruction that now gets to take a group of young men and is able to say, all right, now here's what we can do. You'll do this. You'll do that. You'll do this. And you see this uh, in Moses in that instruction in Exodus. Is it Exodus uh, 18, I believe it is, where he says, you'll break down the people and you'll put people in leaders of, of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. He said, and they'll tell the people what to do. In other words, a leader and an elder can start to direct, direct this here and this here. And all of a sudden the efforts of one man is multiplied. All right. So retirement mentality will start, will just kind of stop and give up and stop being productive but no, 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 no. A godly attitude keeps going. It keeps believing, keeps serving. Look at this, Joshua 24, 29. It came about after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. Being 110 years old. So Joshua was 110 and he passed away. Okay. But I want you to see right before that. So that's Joshua 24, 29. Just a few verses before, in verse 15, what does Joshua say? He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, in Joshua's mind, even just a few verses before he passed away, he's not done. We're serving. We're ministering. We're giving ourselves to the Lord. Even at the end of his life, he's still saying, I'm in service. I'm in ministry to God. Me and my house, not just my house will serve him. No, me and my house, we will serve him. Glory to God. This is a heart that doesn't stop serving. 
We should set our mind right now to these promises. Look at this promise. Psalms 92, 12 through 14 in the New Living. This is God's promises for us. Let's grab a hold of it and make it ours, okay? It says, but the godly will flourish like the palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. Did you hear that? Even in old age, by Bible definitions, they'll still be producing fruit, and they will remain vital and green. Now, see, I just want to tell you, I'm not believing to get stiff when I get old. No, I'll be vital, full of sap, another translation says. I'll be green. I'll have flexibility. I'll have strength. My eyes won't dim in Jesus' name. No, I'll, have, I'll be vital. I'll have strength. I'll be flexible. I'm not just talking about physically, but I'll be strong in the Lord and in the power of His light in the power of his might. This is what we have to believe. We can't believe what the world tells us. we got to believe what this word tells us, right? This says in old age, and I believe in Jesus' name, in old age we will produce great and mighty fruit. And just put that in the comments right now. In old age I will produce great and mighty, mighty fruit, and I will be strengthened and vital. Amen. Strengthened and vital and green. Psalm 71, verse 17 and 18. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I'm old and gray, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. Can you see the heart of God towards being older? being an elder. No, it doesn't stop serving. The heart of God, we're seeing it all over the world. The heart of God doesn't stop serving. The heart of God doesn't stop producing. The heart of God doesn't stop or slow down. No, Lord, give me your strength. Let me serve like never before. Let me walk into my destiny stronger than ever in Jesus' name. You see, this is the heart of God. Look how the mindset of society thinks the exact opposite of that. God's saying, hey, we're going to be strong. We're going to produce. And the world's like, well, you know, you've got to start thinking about slowing down. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. And see, here's the thing. I, it, it blesses me right now. I see, I see Serena. She's in her 20s. Hannah's in her 20s. Buddy's in, buddy, are you still in your 20s? Yeah, he's in his 20s. <laughs> Buddy's in his, well, you know, I saw that picture earlier and it threw me. <laughs> and, uh, these guys in their 20s, do you know why they're going to have a long life? Because they get it now. See, if they went from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 and they never had this mindset, if they, they would, then they'll be strong. But if they picked up a retirement mentality mindset, by the time they get 50 or 60, they're going to feel broke. They're going to feel busted up. They're going to feel like they're about done. But see, in their 20s, amen, Kevin just put, he put strong in there. In their 20s, in their 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, even in the 60s, we start getting a hold of this mindset, God will help renew us. He'll restore us. He'll, he'll bring vitality to us. He'll bring a flexibility and a godly supernatural strength, and we'll produce for him. Amen. Do I have anybody with me? 
Are we, am I just talking to the air? Or, or is there some people that are saying, this is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be one of those that God called to be strong and productive. Amen. Why do so many die soon after they retire? Many Christians have not recognized their real job as an ambassador of God. So when they finish their occupation on the earth, their trade, many people designed by God to produce, they'll ditch that responsibility and their motivation to produce, and they die somewhat on the inside. See, they lose vision. A people, what does it say? A people without vision, what do they do? With no, peop, with no vision, the people perish. They'll lose vision for their productivity in the kingdom of God, and a perishing starts to happen on the inside. But see, when we read these verses that we've already read, we start to see, hey, in my old age, I will keep vision. Vision will grow. Even Joshua, look at him. He's about to pass away. He's still talking about serving the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. A Christian that does not produce fruit is outside of the will of God, and there's no life outside of God. A Christian that doesn't pr produce fruit is outside of God's will. They've stepped away in that area of thinking, and there's no life there. Amen. We're going to be strong. 1 Timothy 5, 6. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Hear that. Now, this is a strong point right here. A widow that only lives for pleasure is already spiritually dead. Now, he's talking to the church. He's talking to church people. In other words, now watch this, and this, this may get under some people's skin. If all you're doing is working for a retirement home and a time where you can just go and, and have pleasure on the earth for the rest of your life, then it leads to spiritual death. That's what that verse tells us. So can you see how many people, they believe God for the wrong thing? Because why? Because we're called to produce in the kingdom. In other words, it's not just about us having pleasure. Now here's the thing. Many people really don't know God's heart for them, and they don't know him as the source. But here's what the Lord says. If you'll seek me in my kingdom first, I'll add all these things to you. In other words, God will give you great pleasure and great things in your life, but we've got to make his kingdom first, not our retirement. We've got to make his kingdom. Then he'll make things come to you. He'll make the earth produce for you. He's already determined in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, he's basically said, if you'll choose my way, if you'll choose life, and the only way life is is in God's way, if you'll choose my way, he said, I've already told heaven and earth to produce for you. I've already told it uh, to respond to the choice that you make. I could, I could preach on Deuteronomy 30, 19. I love it. But here's the thing. Many, many people... All they're doing is working for their own fleshly pleasure in their retirement. And when they retire, they think they can just stop and they can go do whatever they want to do and stuff like that. It's like they take uh, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's like they take that and they say, okay, now I'm retired. I don't, I don't have to live by that anymore. That's not true. 
It's like they'll take Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope, not for calamity. And they'll say, oh, well, I don't, you know, he doesn't have any more plans for me because I'm retired. My goodness, that's when the most, the, the most blessed years should be for the kingdom of God. That's when you have the ability, you have the finances to keep going, and you can give your time to the kingdom of God. That's when God has the most productive. And you should know more about the Lord than you've ever had before. My goodness, you should be praying. You should be leading. You should, you should be bringing about great and mighty things, speaking with an anointing, laying hands on people, being the elders, being the ones that will help rise up. That's when it should really flourish and produce. And many people, all they do is just go to the beach, go to the mountains, travel, get on a bus with other seniors. They're not thinking about the Lord. This is wrong thinking. And honestly, it's a thinking that we need to repent of. You know? And we, what we've done is, instead of taking our cues from here, we've taken our cues from society, and, it, and it's blinded us. It's deceived us. Hear this again. Do you want to be a person that's spiritually alive or spiritually dead? But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she's alive, even while she lives. At every age, we have a responsibility to spread the good news. Galatians 3, 7 through 9. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. At every age, we're blessed and called to share the good news. The command of God on mankind has never changed and will not change just because our age has. Genesis 1.28, this is for every man, every woman, every child, every elder. Genesis 1.28, God blessed mankind and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I put this in the comments right now. I am called to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth with the, with the blessing of God and to subdue it. Four things. Fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Amen. That mission has never stopped for mankind. From Adam until now, we have the same mission. It's the same mission. It's not accomplished until it's accomplished. All believers should be working towards that by, by giving the good news of the gospel to every person that we see. You have a purpose in old age. Remember I said in the New Testament it verifies what I told you? Look at this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. This is the new living. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. It says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. 
All right? He's saying, hey, if you're an elder and, and I'm going to talk to you, I want to talk to you about some things. And I want to say this. Let me add this. And all of you listening, you should get to the place where you are elders. So let's take up this thinking and see what he says right here now so that when we get to, to an elder stage, we can be the best that we can ever be. He says, I appeal to you, elders, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now, look, here's the heart of a proper elder. Lord, I'm eager to serve you. I'm not eager just to get to the beach. I'm not eager just to get to the mountains. I'm not eager just to get an RV. No, I'm eager to serve you. Don't lord it over people assigned to your care, but lead them by your good example. In other words, lead people by a good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you serve each other in humility, for God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So you can literally see, not, he's not just talking about elder as an office of the church only. He's talking about that too. But you can literally see, he's not just talking about the office of an elder, so to speak, but he's talking about literally a separation of age. Literally talking about it. Titus 2, verse 2 through 5. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Doesn't honor the flesh or the pleasures of the flesh. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the Word of God. Then they will not bring shame on the Word of God. In other words, we got to go after God. We can't just give up because we reached a certain age. We can't just ditch serving the house of the Lord. We can't just ditch serving the people of the Lord. No, we got a fruitfulness in front of us. We have a destiny in front of us, and we can't fall into this society's retirement mentality. You are the most productive at that age, not the least productive, the most productive. Hallelujah. Retirement mentality, the wrong men retirement mentality, will produce a lack of good fruit, a shortened physical life, fewer eternal spiritual rewards, a lack of a full life and joy, and overall a dissatisfaction. Think about this. If you and I are called to produce, and on the inside subconsciously we know we're really not producing, what's going to happen inside of us? What's going to happen inside of us is we're going to sit there and go, something's just not right. I just don't feel satisfied. And see, if our mindset's wrong, then we'll go and, well, maybe I just need a new car. I'll just go buy a new car. Maybe I just need to take a vacation. I'll just go. No, no, no. It's not that that's dissatisfied. It's the spirit. 
You're not going to satisfy the Spirit by fleshly things. No, you're going to satisfy the Spirit by living in the fullness of your calling, by being productive and serving, and we will be satisfied. So you think about this, you know, I will feel you, I will give you a long and satisfied life, a full and satisfied life. It's not just talking about fleshly satisfaction, it's talking about a satisfaction I know. I'm producing for the kingdom of God even in an old age, in a young age, in an old age. I know I'm doing what I need to be doing. I know that I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. I'm going to keep going, and I will be satisfied, not just in the flesh, but in the spirit man I'll be satisfied because I'll sense the Holy Spirit's satisfaction. He'll communicate that to me. So I'm not only satisfied with things, but I'm satisfied by the spiritual things as well. But when we ditch retirement mentality, here's what will happen. You'll have more good spiritual fruit for God. You will actually live a longer life. You will have more rewards in eternity. You'll, have, you'll walk in the fullness of life and joy. And you'll be overall, you'll be more satisfied than you've ever been before. Glory to God. Here's some steps to ditch that retirement mentality. First of all, take your cues from God. Don't take your cues from society. Don't take it from them. Take your cues from God. Don't take your cues from popular opinion or from culture. No, let's take our cues from God. Let's get in the Word and find out. You know, I gave you plenty of scriptures just today that shows you in the latter days of our life, we should be more productive and we should walk in more fruit and serve more. When we're ditching that retirement mentality, we have to recognize our real job as a Christian. You know, here's what our real job is. Our real job is an ambassador of Christ. I mean, when you go into uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5, you'll see that God says we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. So many times I'll ask Christians, I'll say, what's your job? And they'll tell me where they work, where they get the paycheck from. And they don't realize that's a deception in itself. And that's why I'm asking them. Because they don't realize their real job is an ambassador. Every day for the rest of their life, they are an ambassador of a kingdom. They're in this world, but they're not of this world. And they are supposed to show what the kingdom of God looks like as they carry on their life. And see, what happens is when we've identified more with the physical job than the spiritual job, then when the physical job comes to an end... We lose motivation. But if our job is an ambassador of Christ, all of a sudden we've got something to do for the rest of our days. We're producing fruit, and here's what will happen. You'll actually view that physical job as a vehicle for that spiritual job. It's not the source. No, God's our source, and our real supply comes through being an ambassador. Actually, the word says this very clearly. He says, he who wins souls is wise. But then he, then he goes, he says, the ones who are harvesters, the ones who will win souls, he says, he pays wages to, right? When we recognize our real job as an ambassador, you won't have a problem with your supply. You won't have a problem. Why? Because you're doing the right job. He'll bring, a, he'll bring a supply in a vehicle like an earthly job, but our real job is an ambassador of the kingdom. Amen. Put that in the comments. My real job is an ambassador of God. So steps to ditching retirement mentality. Take your cues from God, not popular opinion or culture. Recognize your real job as a Christian. 
Don't even think in terms of worldly retirement. <laughs> Don't even think that way. Start believing God now for long life and more godly fruit. Start believing them now. Accept the responsibility of spreading the blessings of God till your last day on this earth, right? Start believing God now for more fruit. Amen. Acts 20, 24. He says this, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. I don't consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry. See, if we will start taking into consideration our earthly and fleshly life more than an ambassador of God, we won't finish our race right. But he says, I don't consider my fleshly life so that I can finish the race. Would you like to finish the race the way that God's called you to? If that's the case, then you can't consider your fleshly life, your fleshly job. You can't consider that. No, you've got to consider what has the Lord called me to? What has the Lord empowered me to? Is that going to stop? Does his promises you know, magically end at the age of 60 or 70? No, no. No, there's an ongoing promise of a fruitfulness and a full life that God's given you. Let these be your last words too. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I didn't, I didn't end uh, short of the goal. No, I believe God. I kept fruitfulness on my mind. I kept the kingdom on my mind, and God added to me. He added to me a full and satisfied life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. Let those be our last words so that we can then hear from Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. If you want to hear that, we've got to ditch the worldly retirement mentality and we've got to step into the fruitfulness of old age. Glory to God. Amen. And put that in the comments. I will step into the full fruitfulness of old age in Jesus' name. I will step into the fruitfulness of old age. Glory to God. You'll finish your race. You'll finish strong. But it starts by believing for that right now. Hallelujah. Let me just pray for you right now. Lord, thank you for showing us these mentalities. Thank you, Lord, for giving us everything that you, that you promised to us. Lord, thank you for not letting us come up shy of the goal. But no, Lord, you've given us great mighty promises to give us a future and a hope not for calamity. Lord, you have no plans for calamity in our life. You have no plans for disaster. We don't receive it. We don't receive old age. We don't, you know, the worldly old age. We don't receive chronic diseases. No, Lord, we don't receive any of that. That's not your plans. You know, we receive your plans to give us a future and a hope. Thank you, Lord, for productivity and fruitfulness. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory, and we just thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Let your anointing be poured out right now. Thank you, Lord, for rearranging, helping us to rearrange our thinking, get it put in the right place. Ah, oh, these are the most productive years in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. It's going to be a great, great day. Uh, today, we encourage you to sow. If you would like to sow into the ministry and into this broadcast, getting that good news out, ejecting stinking thinking in the lives of people around the world daily in Jesus name if you'd like to be a part of that getting the good news of Jesus Christ you can go to giveww.org uh, you on Facebook you can just type in there hashtag donate followed by the amount a uh, cash app hashtag give ww uh, you can give by PayPal uh, text to give it's all there on your screen and uh, there you see uh, Venmo is added. The Venmo address is a little bit different, but it's at GiveBC. The BC stands for Boomerang Church. We can just have one address there, so it needed to be that. But you're welcome to give there as well. We praise God for you. And let me just pray for everybody that might be sowing today, uh, either now or in the future as they listen to the archive. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, bring about that good future and that hope in their financial lives even now. Bring about the harvest in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, for, uh, thank you, Lord, for the prize. I just hear that in my spirit. Show me what that means, Lord. Thank you. Oh, amen. Thank you for the prize. We race for the prize. Lord, thank you that even in our giving, even in our giving, there's a prize. As we give and sow, it's a part of our race. As we sow seed, it's a part of our race. And God, you've got prizes set up. Your word says that we don't run without hope. No, we run for a prize. We run to win. Lord, thank you for that prize. Thank you, Lord. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, he's also answering a question I had a couple weeks ago. Thank you for showing me that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that prize. Thank you, Lord, for the prize. Lord, as people sow, there's a prize you have laid up for them. There's a prize that you have laid up for them. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you. I'm a sow as well. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. We worship you. We give you the glory right now. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the prize attached to this. Thank you, Lord, for the prize in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Right now, everybody who's sowing, bless them. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. I'll finish that in a minute. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for the prize. There's a prize laid up today, even in our sowing. There's a prize laid up in our life as we run the race properly. There's a prize. Father, thank you for manifesting yourself in goodness. It's amazing. We just make the choice to do things God's way. He'll give us the power to make the choice. He'll give us the power to fulfill the choice. And he'll give us the prize for fulfilling the choice. Look at, I mean, God is so giving. He'll give us the, the knowledge and the ability to make a choice. He'll give us the power to fulfill the choice. And then he'll award us for the choice, for fulfilling the choice. Like, the Lord is so good. 
Thank you, Lord. We just received from you, and we received the prize. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you, we worship you, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for being with us. We'll be back tomorrow. It's going to be a great day starting at 1130. We'll have What's the Word around noon. It's going to be awesome. I look forward to seeing you there. Listen, share this broadcast. There's people that need to hear it. And uh, give God some glory right now in the comments. Say, thank you, Lord, for the prize. In Jesus' name, we love you so very much. Be blessed. Have a great day. Uh, watch some more of these videos on Stinking Thinking. Matter of fact, with this one particularly, Go back and look at arrival mentality, uh, look at identity theft mentality, and I deserve mentality. Watch those. You'll be blessed by them, and we'll see you next time. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sup, guys? Thank you for joining us so much today for Lunch Plus. This was a powerful word. I mean, if that ministered to you, put some hands up in the comments because that ministered to me. Um, but guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to see you tomorrow. But before we hop off, if you have not done it yet, make sure you like and uh, share this broadcast. If, you have, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click the little notification bell. If you're watching on Facebook, you can actually go to our uh, page and you can uh, make sure you get notifications anytime we go live. Uh, you can probably actually do this uh, right below this video as well. Um, but guys, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Make it a priority to be here every day at, a, at, uh, at least yeah. at noon for this, this broadcast because each of these words, these are daily words for you to encourage you, to strengthen you. And I'm telling you, these words, uh, like Pastor talks about this before, but you know, um, these are words that will minister that you need today. Uh, every single uh, morning, Pastor's praying in the Spirit for a word for that day. And I want to encourage you, if you prioritize this, God will equip you before you face things to uh, overcome those, those situations. Um, and so I want to encourage you to make, sure, make this a priority. But guys, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow at 1130 for Lunch Plus. Bye, guys.